Hey, and thanks for tuning in to the Father's House podcast. The Father's House exists to see people discover life in Jesus. We hope that today's message brings you fresh life and renewed hope as you listen. Enjoy. Thank you so much for your generosity, your hospitality. I am so absolutely honored to be here at this incredible church. I hope you guys understand that what God is doing here is amazing. Right, we live in an age where churches are closing down their doors, selling their buildings off to places left and right, and this church is thriving and growing in the midst of it. And, and this would be like really good if you know this was like Texas, Oklahoma, this would still be really good, but this is San Francisco, California. Churches are praying for a move of God. I hope you guys understand you are in the midst of a move of God. Don't ever take what God is doing here for granted. Sunday is the most segregated day of the week, and this is a multicultural kingdom community, and it is absolutely an expression of heaven. It's so beautiful what God is doing here, and it is largely in part because of your incredible leaders and pastors, Tim and Robin. Come on, give it up for them. They are absolutely incredible leaders. They are some of the most genuine, humble, authentic people that you would ever meet, and they have such a tremendous love for you. When, when Tim was at our churches a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, while he was there, he was texting and asking how things were going here and hearing updates about the service, that even when he's not here, you guys are on his heart and his mind. You have some incredible leaders. I'm telling you, if you don't take care of them, there is a church in Albany, Georgia that would fire me and hire them in a heartbeat, so y'all better show them some love and some appreciation. But I, I'm truly uh, blessed to be here to finally see what God is doing and hearing the stories um, about it and uh, just so honored to be here. I got a picture of my family with me uh, that couldn't be here with me today. So that's my, my wife, my better half. She's always like, Josh, you better do this, you better do that. So she, she's my better half. It gets a joke, it gets a laugh 50% of the time. So just filling y'all out. No, but we have been um, happily married for seven years, just celebrated our 14th anniversary, so that's great. I got three kids. That's the oldest one is my daughter, Zion, she's five. My hold my son, Jet, he's three, and then my little man, Ezra, just turned one and just learned how to walk, and so uh, we had to send a blurried photo because he's got bruises all over his head. He's just running into stuff left and right. Uh, but we got our hands full, but we absolutely love it. And um, I'm excited to be here for Freedom Weekend. Come on, how many of you were at the weekend? Raise your hands. Absolutely amazing. Tim and Robin actually helped start the Freedom Weekend at our church six years ago. And since then, we've taken hundreds of people through it. And it is the single-handedly the most life-changing thing that our church does. And so if you haven't been a part of that, next time they offer it, you need to sign up. I promise you, it'll change your life. And since the theme of this weekend is all about freedom, I brought a couple books that I wrote on the subject. The first one here I brought is called Feel Free, which is all about finding freedom from negative emotions. See, our uh, emotions are kind of like the check engine light on a dashboard. They're not the problem, but they are the signals that prompt us to pay attention to a problem. The issue is when emotions move from being indicators to dictators, because God created you to live with feelings, not to be led by them, right? Emotions are kind of like kids. You can't put them in the driver's seat of the car, but you can't put them in the trunk either. I know some of you parents, you've wanted to do that. You can't, it's illegal, even in Georgia, where like everything is, is legal. That's still illegal, you can't do that. 
where I'm from. And so uh, this book is all about how to put your emotions in their proper place. And then um, also have this book called Untangled that just came out last month. And so it's based on a story in John chapter 11 where Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. And it says Lazarus comes out of the tomb bound hand in feet. And so he couldn't walk because he was bound. And so Jesus said, loose him and let him go. And I think Lazarus is a picture of many believers today. They've experienced new life in Christ, but they're still bound in grave clothes. They have been resurrected, but their movement is restricted. And so this book is all about how to get untangled from those things that try to tie you up and trip you down. So I think we'll have them in the lobby. If you'd like to pick up a copy, they're $10. Um, if you don't have enough money, you want a copy for free, go ahead and pick one up. My publisher always sends me with plenty of copies to give away. I'm the publisher, I'm self-published. So there you go, you can have some for free. If you think it'd be a blessing to you, I'd be glad to put that in your hands. Let's pray as we jump into the word today. Father, I thank you for what you're doing here in this church. God, I thank you uh, for the move of the spirit that is here. God, we thank you for what you've done all weekend through freedom. And God, we ask that you would continue to set captives free and transform lives today in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, a couple years ago, I took a group of, we have an internship at our school, school of ministry. We took a group of our ministry school students whitewater rafting in Columbus, Georgia. Has anybody been whitewater rafting? Got any, any people? Okay, all right, all right, yeah. So we, there's one in Columbus, Georgia, just a couple hours from where we're at, and they have one rapid there that is the biggest rapid east of the Mississippi. And yes, where I'm from, people still describe things in location to the Mississippi. And so this is the biggest rapid east of the Mississippi. We had this, this girl that was in our group, Jamie, who was really nervous. She was terrified to go whitewater rafting. And so she's crying before we ever get into the raft. And I'm like, Jamie, it's gonna be fine. We're gonna be in the raft the whole time. You have nothing to worry about. Everything is gonna be fine. And so we're going down the river. Everything's fine. And, and like our rafting guide was like the stereotype of the hippie rafting guy. Like this guy named Zeke. He's like, all right, dudes, when we get to the big one, man, just keep paddling, we'll be fine. And so we're paddling and we hit that big rapid. And the moment we hit that rapid, we just froze, right? We all just stopped and our raft does a backflip. And I'm on the front, right? And so it launches me in the air. I turn around, like everything is happening in slow motion. One by one, everyone in our group disappears into the white water. Finally, I go down, it spins me around, shoots me out 15 feet down river. My shoe's missing. I still haven't found my shoe. And so I, I get my head above her. I say, I gotta find Jamie. I gotta make sure she's okay. And she's hyperventilating, crying. She's like, I told you I didn't want to do this. She made me do this. I told you I didn't want to do this. I quit. I quit. I quit. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, sweetie. There's only one way down this thing, and it's 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 down river, right? There's you can't stop. It's not a ride on Disney, you know. Like this is, we're we're in a river. And so I was like, don't worry. That was the last big rapid. You're gonna be you're gonna be fine. And so our our our, our guide Zeke comes and picks us up in the raft, and he is amped up. He's like, dude, we just rode the gnarly of the gnarly, man. And Jamie's yelling at him. She's like, you told me we'd be fine. He's like, well, bro, sometimes you're just at the mercy of the rapids, man. You just got to let go. Can't control everything, you know. It's like life. And so we get in there, and we're making our way down the river. We finally get to the very last rapid. It's not the biggest rapid. It's actually a rather small rapid, but it was three rapids back to back. They called it triple. They're real creative where I'm from. And so we get to this this rapid, and we hit the first one, and I bounce off the front of the raft, and I start flying backwards through the raft. And when you're falling into the water, what do you do? You grab onto somebody. So I grab onto somebody, and they start to fall into the water, and so what do they do? They grab onto somebody else. And so we take our entire team into the water. 
And so now we have to go through this, this, this rapid without a raft. And so we, we fall in the water, we swim up to the surface, and before I could catch my breath, boom, we hit that first rapid, and it sucks us down, spins us around, and, and lets you go. And I thought, okay, I can finally get to the surface and catch my breath. But before I could catch my breath, we hit the next rapid, boom, sucks us down, spins us around, then it lets go. And I'm like, okay, finally, I can breathe again. I, can get, I, can get, I need air, air, air. I get to the surface, and just before, I, I, a quarter of a breath, boom, it pulls me back down again, and it spins me around. I thought, this is how I die. I'm, I, this is how we all go out right here, you know, because of me. And so every time I got to the surface, every time I thought, okay, I can finally catch my breath, this thing would pull me back down again, and it, it felt like it would never end. Luckily, we, we, it did. We got out. Everyone survived. Um, Jamie, she, she just now got on staff. She forgave me. This was eight years ago. And so... She now works at the church, took her eight years to work through all that stuff, lots of freedom, lots of forgiveness sessions for making me do that, but, but she's on staff with us now. But you know, when I, I thought about that moment, that's exactly what depression is like. You know, you're going through life and you hit rough waters or somebody close to you hits rough waters and they pull you into the water with them and you, you, you struggle to get to the surface to find relief but before you can catch your breath, boom, it pulls you down again and you struggle to get to the surface and you think, okay, you know, I, I, things are finally gonna change, things are gonna turn around for me and then boom, it pulls you down again and again. You can't get any relief. You feel helpless because you feel like at, you're at the mercy of your emotions no matter how hard you try to fight against these feelings, you can't break this cycle. And when that happens to you again and again and again, you start to feel hopeless. You feel like things are never going to change, that you'll always feel this way. And that is depression. The official definition of depression is severe despondency and dejection, typically felt over a period of time and accompanied by feelings of hopelessness and inadequacy. See, depression is often characterized by a loss of interest or pleasure in activities once enjoyed, trouble sleeping or sleeping too much, loss of energy, increased fatigue, difficulty thinking, concentrating or making decisions, as well as thoughts of death or suicide. See, contrary to what many people think, depression isn't primarily characterized by sadness, it's characterized by hopelessness. And unfortunately, depression isn't rare. You know, especially since the pandemic. In January of 2020, um, the uh, 8% of Americans were clinically depressed. By May of 2020, that number jumped up to 27% of Americans. It continued on and actually worsened in 2020, leveling off at around 33%. And so today, one in every three Americans are depressed. And so this is a, 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 a mental health pandemic that it's created in our communities. And this is why it's so important for us to talk about this in the church, because God's word has the solution. God has the power to set us free. And here's the thing, even if you don't maybe battle with clinical depression, we've all had bouts of discouragement and we've all had to deal with heaviness. We've had seasons where joy seemed distant. And so we need the tools to walk in the freedom that Jesus purchased for us. And that's what I I want to talk about today. Psalm 42, five says this. Why am I so depressed? Why this turmoil within me? And so in this Psalm, David asks an important question. He says, why am I depressed? What is causing me to feel this way? And this is a critical question because depression is a symptom, not the source of the problem. 
See, many times whenever we feel the emotion of depression, we, we seek to you know, get rid of the feeling as quickly as we can without ever asking the question why it's there in the first place. So we take action to remove the pain without ever getting to the root of the problem. We treat the symptoms instead of going to the source. When I was in elementary school, I lived close enough to our school to ride my bike, but unfortunately I lived in one of those neighborhoods where if you set your bike down and you didn't lock it up, your bike was gonna get stolen. Come on, how many of you grew up in a neighborhood like that? Yeah, so I went inside, set my bike down for a minute, went in to grab a Capri Sun. By the time I came out, my bike was gone. And so my friend Brad had to give me a ride to school on his bike. And so I'd sit on the handlebars and Brad would pedal. And so, you know, we're going, we're moving, we're racing some of our friends and, and Brad is trying to get speed. And so he's leaning forward, trying to, you know, get some momentum to go and he pushes on my backpack. And so I'm on the front handlebars. I fall off and as I fall, my foot goes into the front spoke of the tire. It brings the bike to a screeching halt and the back end flies up. It was like a catapult, right? It launched my friend Brad 10 feet through the air. He lands right on his stomach, knocks the wind out of him and breaks his arm at the same time. Which is, because now it's a bad combination because now he's in pain, he's crying, but he can't breathe, right? You, you ever got the wind knocked out of you? So he's like, <laughs> he's just trying to cry, but he can't because he can't breathe. You know, it's like the worst combination. But luckily there was a, a sweet lady who, who saw the whole thing happen. And so, you know, my friend is, is, you know, can't breathe. So she puts him in the car and she drives him to his house. And so my friend Brad breaks his arm and he gets a ride to his house. Meanwhile, my foot is messed up because my foot went through the spoke and completely, you know, wrenched it. So I'm, you know, walking like a zombie, you know, all the way back down to my house. And I finally get to my house and my mom sees my foot. It's swollen at this point. She goes, this is not a sprained ankle. We got, we got to go to the hospital. So we go to the hospital. And by the time we get there, like my foot has its own heartbeat, you know, and I'm like, yo, I need something for this pain. Give me pain medication right now. And they're like, well, sir, we have to figure out what's causing the pain first. We gotta figure out what's causing this problem. And so they took some x-rays, found out my foot was broken. They set the brake, put me in a cast, and then sent me home to recover, right? The doctors did not seek to just eliminate the pain that I was feeling. They wanted to discover what was causing the pain, treat the source of the problem so that I could be healed. And I think when it comes to depression, so many times we are so quick to try and eliminate the emotional pain that we don't ever get to the source of our struggle. And if you want to walk in freedom, you have to ask the question why. You have to uncover the source so that you can apply the right solution and experience freedom. And so that's what I wanna help you do today. Of, of course, there are many causes of depression, but there are a few categories that I think we can summarize these causes that can help us discern the source of depression. The first one is physical. Depression can have a physical cause. See, it's impossible to separate what happens from your soul to what happens in your body. What we do physically impacts us emotionally. In 1 Kings 19, the prophet Elijah just comes off this massive victory, calls down fire from heaven, defeating the prophets of Baal, proving that Yahweh is the one true God. And he thought that this victory will lead to a revival in his nation, but instead the only thing that happens is Jezebel threatens to take his life. And so he flees into the wilderness for his life. He, he journeys days into the wilderness, and finally he finds a spot underneath the shade, and he prays that God would take his life. Elijah, the prophet, the man of God, is not just depressed, he's suicidal. And so God sends an angel to minister to him. How many know when God sends an angel, it, it, the angel's gonna have an important message to share? And so this angel comes straight from the throne of God with a message from God to Elijah in his condition, and what does the angel tell him? Get up and eat. 
This was the message, right? This is what the angel told him. First Kings 19 verse five. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals. Don't worry, it was gluten free. And a jar of water. He ate and drank and then he laid down again. And so when the angel showed up, the angel did not attend to his spiritual needs first. He attended to his physical needs because God knew that Elijah's emotional depression was caused by physical exhaustion. And so he ate, drank some water, and then he took a nap. And the angel showed up a second time. And you think, surely the second time the angel shows up, the angel is now gonna have the word of the Lord that is gonna break him out of this state that he's in. And what does the angel say the second time he shows up? Same thing he said the first time, get up and eat. And so he eats a second time and this food strengthened him for the journey that was ahead. You know, sometimes before you can attend to your emotional, your mental, your spiritual needs, you have to take care of yourself physically. You have to make sure that you are eating right and sleeping well. Sometimes when you're depressed, you don't need prayer in a Bible study, you just need to take a nap. I prefer if you wait till after this message, but you should. You should try it sometimes. You know, before we start talking about chemical imbalances, we need to talk about lifestyle imbalances because more research points to our lifestyle as the primary source of our depression. In fact, one study found that veganism is the primary cause in the rise of depression. I'm just kidding, I made that up. I didn't wanna do it. Tim made me do it. He said, Tim said, the only way you can come speak in my church is if you make fun of vegans, all right? So I'm sorry, I don't want, want to do that joke. It's, it's not funny. I, I'm with you, vegans. I, I love animals. I, I really do. I love them right next to the mashed potatoes and gravy. Can I get an amen? All right, all right, that was my last vegan joke. That was my last vegan joke. <laughs> Tim made me do that. I'm sorry. All right. But, but seriously, um, our, our lifestyle is one of the primary sources of depression. Stephen Alardi, in his book, The Depression Cure, said this, we were never designed for our sedentary, indoor, socially isolated, fast food-laden, sleep-deprived, frenzied pace of modern life. And that's true for us in the country, in Southwest Georgia. I can't even imagine how it is in a city like this that's hustling and bustling and going all the time. And so if you're depressed, you need to look at your lifestyle and your habits because they affect your mood and overall emotional health. So depression can have a physical cause. Number two, emotional. Depression can have an emotional cause. There was a man in Florida who was working on his motorcycle on the patio. He was revving the engine when it slipped into gear. And so, yeah, it took off. He's holding on to the handlebars, send him flying through the sliding glass doors into his living room. And so his wife is home. She calls the paramedics and they take him to the hospital, but he, you know, stays back to, uh, his wife stays back to clean up the mess in the living room. There's glass everywhere, gasoline on the floor. And so she wipes up the gasoline with paper towels and throws the gasoline-soaked paper towels into the toilet. When her husband comes back from the hospital, he's smoking a cigarette, goes into the bathroom, to handle his business. Yeah, y'all know where this is going. Um, he goes in the bathroom to handle his business, throws the cigarette butt into the toilet. Boom, just explodes. So his wife hears the explosion, runs into the bathroom. He's on the floor, burn marks all over his butt. Right? <clears throat> so she calls 911. Paramedics arrive. Same paramedics that responded to the first call respond to this call. 
And so, you know, they put him on the stretcher. They're carrying him down the stairs. And so his wife is telling the paramedics what happened. They start laughing so hard. They drop the stretcher. He falls down the stairs and breaks both of his arms. This is a true story. True story. And you know it's true because it started with a man in Florida. Why do all the crazy stories start with a man in Florida? Like, I live an hour from Florida. Those stories are all true. Half of them go to my church, right? Right? You know, we all experience pain in life. Now, probably not that much physical pain in one day, but we all experience pain both physically and emotionally. And it's the inability to process emotional pain in a healthy way that can many times lead to depression. A loved one passes away. A marriage ends in divorce. You get diagnosed with an illness. You lose the job. The pregnancy ends in a miscarriage. When you experience heartache like that, you need to grieve. Grief is a normal and necessary part of the healing process. Unfortunately, many people don't grieve properly because we've limited grief to the physical loss of a loved one. But anytime you lose anything of value, your heart hurts. Right? All heartache isn't the same, but all loss causes heartache. So when you lose that job, there's heartache. When you lose that relationship, there's heartache. When you lose that opportunity, there's heartache. When you move to a new city and you lose all those close relational ties that you had where you were from, there's heartache. All loss isn't the same, but all loss causes heartache. When we experience heartache, we need to grieve, but we don't because we limit it to the physical loss of a loved one. And you cannot accept a loss until you've grieved it. When we experience loss, we don't get over it, we grieve through it. When we experience loss, we don't get over it, we grieve through it. And if a loss doesn't come out forward in grief, it turns inward and becomes depression. That oftentimes depression is grief forcing its way out. And so your, your depression can have an emotional cause. Number three, mental. Depression can have a mental cause. What's your favorite genre of movies? How, how many love comedy? You love comedy? All right, how many love romance? Come on, rom-coms, right? Or yeah, or romance, yeah, rom-com, Hallmark Channel, right? We got those in there. How many like drama? You love drama? Yeah, action adventure, action adventure. Yes, awesome, that's what I'm talking about. How many of you like horror movies? Wow, not a lot of hands going up in here. At my church, man, like half the hands went up. I was like, what y'all doing? Why are y'all paying people to scare you? All right. Like, I like all kinds of movies, but I don't do horror movies because I ain't paying nobody to scare me, right? I don't do horror movies, but more importantly, I don't do any movie that has a tragic ending, all right? I, I, I don't do tragedies, right? If, if a movie does not have a happy ending, I'm not watching it. That's why to this day, I still haven't seen the movie Titanic. People are like, oh, why? It's such a good movie. Why? It's amazing. I'm like, no, I know history. 1,500 people died in the icy waters of the Atlantic, including Jack, even though there was enough room for him on that door. Everybody knows that. She could have scooted over. There was room. It's, I'm not gonna spend three hours of my life attaching to this character only to see him die when he could have been saved. I'm not doing it. All right, if a movie does not have a happy ending, I'm not watching because when I leave a movie theater, I want to leave feeling happy. And I know if I watch a two-hour tragedy, I'm going to leave feeling depressed. I remember I saw the movie Seven Pounds by Will Smith. Nobody, nobody told me about it. I, I, I walked out of the movie theater. I said, I gotta go watch Mr. Popper's Penguins right now. I can't go home. This is so sad. I, just, I can't do this, 
right? Uh, because whatever you, you think about will determine how you feel. See, anxiety takes place in the mind. Depression takes place in the emotions. What's interesting is that doctors treat both problems with the same medication. Two separate problems, one solution, why? Because depression and anxiety are connected. People who struggle with anxiety also struggle with depression because the two are connected. And this connection isn't new. The scriptures made this connection thousands of years ago. Proverbs 12, 25 says, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. See, anxiety and depression are connected because the mind and emotions are connected. How you think influences how you feel. So if there's anxiety in your mind, the result is going to be depression in your emotions. Proverbs 23, seven says, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. See, there are two different types of thoughts that we have. There are head thoughts, and then there are what Proverbs here calls heart thoughts. Head thoughts are all those random, commonplace thoughts that go through your mind in a day, right? What am I gonna wear today? What am I gonna eat after service? What do I need to pick up at the store? Those are head thoughts. They don't have much bearing on our lives. But then there are heart thoughts. And heart thoughts are different because heart thoughts are those things that you continue to think about over and over again, right? It's called ruminating, Right? Cows are ruminating animals, which means they chew their cud, they swallow it, they spit it back up, they chew on it some more, swallow it again, spit it back up, chew on it some more, right? And how many of you know each time that cud comes up, it doesn't taste better each time it comes up, right? And neither do your negative thoughts. So when you ruminate on how bad your life is, how nobody cares about you, how nobody loves you, when you meditate on all the people who left you, the abuse you suffered, and how your parents let you down, those thoughts don't taste better each time you bring them up. They only bring you down. And you cannot experience positive emotions with a negative thought life. If you think negative thoughts, you will feel negative emotions. You cannot be joyful without thinking joyful thoughts, and you cannot be peaceful without thinking peaceful thoughts, and you can't be depressed without thinking depressing thoughts. How you think influences how you feel. There was a study that was done on a university, and they asked these students two questions. Number one, how happy are you? And number two, how many dates have you been on in the last month? And they found uh, no correlation between those two questions. But then they flipped the order of those questions. How many dates have you been on in the last month? And then they asked, how happy are you? And suddenly they found a strong correlation. And all they did was flip the sequence of the questions. Because if they had been on a lot of dates, if their dating life was going good, they reported feeling happy. But if they hadn't had any dates in the last month, it lowered their overall level of happiness. See, what you focus on determines what you feel. And so your depression can have a, a mental cause. And, and I go more in depth in that book. Feel free about that if you're interested in that. And number four, depression can have a relational cause. In the story of creation, we find this rhythm where God would speak whatever he spoke came into being. Then God would look at what he created and say, it's good. And seven times God saw what he made and said, it's good. But then God created something. And for the first time he said, it's not good. God created mankind in his own image and likeness. And it says that it was not good for man to be alone. And this was before the fall. No sin had entered the world at this point. No rebellion to God. Mankind was in perfect relationship with God. And yet God said, it's not good for man to be alone. So mankind in perfect union with God, but no one to share life with is not good. See, I've always heard it preached that you have a God-shaped void in your heart that can only be filled by God himself, which is true. 
But this story reveals to us that we also have a human-shaped void in our hearts that God himself will not fill. That in the same way you and I are created to have a relationship with God, we are created to have a relationship with one another. And when we don't have life-giving relationships in our lives, it's not good. See, the first problem in the Bible wasn't sin, it was solitude. And this is why the pandemic created a mental health crisis. Because we were isolated, we were cut off from community, and God said, that's not good. The Gallup poll studied the mental health of different population segments in America from 2019 to 2020. And what's interesting about this is that every population segment in America had worse mental health in 2020 than in 2019 for obvious reasons. Regardless of ethnicity, age, political affiliation, or income, everyone was worse in 2020 than in 2019 except one group of people, those who attended church weekly. Only those who spent regular time in community with other believers were better in 2020 than in 2019. See, relationships are not a luxury. They are a necessity. We were created for community. This is why your leaders are constantly talking to you about getting involved in groups. It's not because they're trying to build some small group empire or they want one more thing for you to do. It's they know that you were created for this, that life change happens in community. And so get involved this summer in a connect group. That lifeline to those relationships could be the very thing that pulls you out of the pit of depression. And lastly, number five, spiritual. Depression can have a spiritual cause. And somebody can come up on the keys. But this is an aspect of depression that is neglected or forgotten in the bulk of the information on this subject, right? Many people approach it from a physical standpoint, diet, exercise, nutrition, you know, uh, medication. Others approach it from an emotional side. You know, they, they focus on, on the mind and the emotions, but most completely neglect the spiritual side of depression. And in Isaiah 61, we read that when the Messiah comes, that he will give us a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now, while the Bible uses terms like demons, evil spirits, unclean spirits in a general way, it also attaches specific names to certain spirits, right? Scripture mentions the spirit of fear, the spirit of infirmity or deceiving spirit. And so these names are indicators of the nature and activity of these spirits in the lives of people. So a spirit of fear brings fear. A deceiving spirit deceives. And so a spirit of heaviness is a demonic spirit that seeks to oppress, not possess, that seeks to oppress believers with hopelessness, despair, and depression. See, not all depression is physical or psychological. There is a spiritual component. And when it comes to the subject of mental health in the church, we must approach it from a biblical perspective, which includes demonic influence, even though it's not popular to talk about that stuff in church but it's there. We can't ignore this aspect. Now, that doesn't mean that everyone who's depressed has got a demon, right? But it means we can't ignore the spiritual component of depression. And so these are the five, you know, main causes of depression. And I believe when it comes to this subject, we need to have a holistic approach. I think we need to examine all five areas of our lives and uncover what that source might be for you so that you can apply the right solution. But in closing today, I want to address the spiritual side of it. Because I've noticed that you can do all the right things in the natural, 
But if the root cause of your problem is spiritual, you won't find freedom. That spiritual problems only respond to spiritual solutions. Derek Prince is a author and Bible teacher who's had a profound impact on my life. He went on to be with the Lord years ago, but his legacy through books have impacted my life. And he had a radical salvation experience. God completely changed his life and he went into the ministry, became a pastor. God used him in a powerful way to transform the lives of people. But the entire time God was using him, he was suffering from terrible bouts of depression. He said, he said this, this dark cloud of despair would follow him everywhere that he went and he could not break free from it. He just could not shake it. No matter how much he prayed, no matter how much he fasted, no matter how much he read his Bible, he just could not break free from it. And one day he's reading his Bible and he's reading Isaiah 61. And when he read that phrase, the spirit of heaviness, he said it like leapt off of the page. And in that moment, he realized that he was dealing with a spiritual entity, that his depression was not merely, you know, mental or emotional, that it was spiritual. And so he called out to God for deliverance and God delivered him in that moment. He said, I physically felt like something lift off of my shoulders, like a, a weight was removed from my shoulders and I was completely set free. And I believe that's what God wants to do for some of you today. I believe that, that, that the spirit of heaviness has been weighing you down and God is gonna remove those weights. God is gonna set you free and deliver you today. And, and that doesn't mean that, you know, we still need to do some other things. We need to make sure we're doing all the other things that we talked about today. But I'm telling you, God is gonna bring freedom and deliverance for you in a moment that everything is going to change for you. If you guys would please bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're here today and you might say, man, I've been struggling with, with bouts of depression, hopelessness, despair before the presence of God. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up in the air? I just wanna know who I'm praying for today. Thank you, thank you. So many hands are going up. You guys are not alone. I know everyone's heads down, his eye closed, but you are not alone. Thank you, thank you. You can put those hands down. God, I pray right now for every single person God, who's struggling. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would begin to reveal, you begin to uncover, God, the source of that pain in their lives. God, the things that we've been using to medicate, to try to numb the pain that haven't worked. God, that you would reveal those things to us. God, we pray right now for those who are, are suffering right now because of the emotional trauma of what they've been through. And they just, they never grieved it. There's somebody here today, you, you never grieved the childhood that you lost. Your, your, your innocence, your childhood was robbed from you because of decisions that your parents made. And you never actually took the time to mourn it, to grieve it. And that grief has turned into depression. If that's you, slip your hand up. I believe God is delivering you right now from that. Thank you, I see those hands right now. In the name of Jesus, God, that heaviness lift off of them right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Some of your tears are just flowing right now. That's one of the ways that God delivers us. Comes out right now, yeah. Right now, in Jesus' name, God, I pray. Right now, there's, there's many people here, you, you've just been like this mental fog, right? You feel like a, 
Like you can't, you just can't think straight. And, and you know your thoughts have been negative. You know your thoughts have been spiraling in the wrong direction, but you just, you can't seem to direct them in the right direction. You feel like you have no control over your thoughts. God is, is breaking that oppression off of your mind right now in Jesus' name. It's breaking off right now in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for the freedom that comes from the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus alone. And so God, I take authority in the name of Jesus over the spirit of heaviness, over oppression and torment that has kept people bound. And I say, loose them now in Jesus' name. Let freedom come now in Jesus' name. Every spirit associated with heaviness and oppression break off of their lives right now in the name of Jesus. Heaviness go right now. Let joy fill their hearts right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Let hopelessness, let despair be broken off and let hope fill hearts and lives again in the name of Jesus. I command every spirit associated with heaviness and depression, go now in the name of Jesus. Be broken right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you. He is the deliverer. God, heal hearts. Restore minds. Holy Spirit, pour out your, 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 your healing anointing into every heart and every mind here today. If you feel like you felt something during that prayer time, would you just, just, just wave your hand at me? I just want to know. I, 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 yes, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for what you're doing, God. Thank you that you are setting captives free, that you are healing broken hearts. He binds up the brokenhearted and he heals their wounds. Amen. I know that there are those here today who you don't have a relationship with Jesus. This freedom that we're talking about, this joy that you are seeing people express to God in worship. You say, man, I want, I want that joy. I want that freedom that these people have. That freedom is found in one name alone and that is the name of Jesus. God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, who died on a cross for our sins. He was buried for three days, but then he rose again so that by believing in him, you could be forgiven. You could have a fresh start. You could have a clean slate. You could experience life and life more abundantly. Life to the fullest is what Jesus came to give us, but it only comes when we trust in him, when we hand over the keys of our lives to him and ask him to be the leader and the forgiver of our lives. And so if you're here today and you are ready to make that decision, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If that's you, will you just slip your hand up in the air and look at me? I just wanna know who I'm praying for. I wanna pray for you throughout this week. If you're here and you need Jesus into your life. Thank you, sir. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand as well. Thank you, sir. We're praying for you. Greatest decision you've ever made in your life. Thank you. Yeah, that young man that raised his hand, that also raised his hand for the thing. God is reversing everything in your life. He's turning it around for good. I'm telling you what the enemy meant for evil, God meant it for good in your life, sir. He's turning it around. Today is a new day, a new day. If you guys would, everyone pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me and make me new. I choose to follow you 
from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we put our hands together for those who made decisions to follow Jesus with you? Man, we are so thrilled for you in that decision that you made. Amen, amen. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to the Father's House podcast. We hope it helped you wherever you're at in your journey. And listen, we wanna pray with you if you're going through something right now that's difficult. You can go to our website, tfh.church, and click on the prayer and praise link and tell us how to join you in prayer. Until next time, be blessed.